Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Why, good day and good night. That's it, that's uh, the whole podcast. That's the binary of time, day <laughs> and night. Except for Twilight, which forms a seductive in-between state. A sort of superposition. The golden hour, where all the best filming takes place. Ooh. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. This is a podcast that we like to call JoJo's World. Da-da-da-da-da. Uh. Very nice. <laughs> uh, we are loving it here at JoJo's World uh, as we talk about uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 6 Stone Ocean, episode 30. We're getting near the end. We're getting so close, but yet so far. The episode's entitled Heavy Weather Part 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a complicated array of chapters that it covers. Okay, alright. Uh, it covers chapters 719 and 720. Uh huh. 724 and 726. Yep. Uh, pages 6 and 7 of chapter 727. Okay. And pages 1 and 2 of chapter 728. So we just kind of skipped a good portion skipped, of the. Skipped uh, 21 through 23. Okay. Are we coming back to that maybe? I expect so. Interesting. Mm. All right. Okay. A lot to be said about these chapters. chapters. 21 to 23. <laughs> yeah. And um, I'd say this was a pretty normal episode. <laughs> a pretty normal episode? Yeah, just a standard Jojo fair. Yeah. Nothing out of the ordinary going on. Yeah. Hey, speaking of nothing out of the ordinary, Liam. Yes. We have a new Patreon. Mm. Okay. Did you know? I don't know how I feel about that. What do you mean? It's perfectly normal. Oh, I know I do. It's great. It's amazing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we've got a new one, and by the law that we have set ourselves upon ourselves to do... Mm, the old ways. We must do the shout-out. For the supremely normal Night Goat. Night Goat. Fighter of the Day Goat. He's the lover of the people. Night Goat does have sort of... Dark Knight energy? Well, you know, like, Batfink... Or um, various, like, cartooned Batman parodies. Yeah, like Darkwing Duck, for example. Yeah, yep. Night Goat has the same energy. That's Night Goat. Hey, And, like, what's the, your horn, name? the horns form yeah. that cowl shape. Ooh. So the goat is just, like, in the silhouette. Yeah. You just see the whoomph. The Batman, the, the Batman ears. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But then, like, the light turns on, and it's, a, like, a cart- goofy-looking cartoon goat. And it's got, like, angry eyes. Yeah. yeah. In the night. Eating a can. Eating the can of evil. (laughs) Chewing on the tin of crime. There's something here. Yeah. Precious antique cans, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you You do the math. We can't do all the work for you, Night Goat. That's why you're paying us. (laughs) Thank you for supporting us. Thank you, Night Goat. And if you'd like to support us on patreon.com slash Jojo's World. You can't. It's a closed club and it's incredibly competitive. (laughs) Don't listen to him. (laughs) I'm creating FOMO. Oh. But for a limited time, we're opening free sign-up. Not free, but... uh, (laughs) You still have to pay, and it's not happening. We'll waive the uh, application fee. What application? Oh, I get you. I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. shut up. I can do that, yes. I would like to share with you... (laughs) Yep. Well, don't shut up for too long, because it will make recording this podcast difficult for me. Okay. And yet, better... Slam. Very arrogant of you. Strange energy in the room today, but it was a strange episode. Yep. The author's note from volume 15 of Stone Ocean (gasps) by Hirohiko Araki. Mm. Tell me more. Uh, It's accompanied by a picture of Araki sitting inside a huge, horrifying stone mouth. Are those its eyes or is that its nostrils? Nostrils. Okay. 
Sure. And, and it reads thus. Regarding cute faces. Oh boy, here what? we go. Here we, it's just, regarding cute faces could go in so many directions. Aiko-sama is cute. When I see her on TV, I unintentionally scream out, so cute. There it is. I find Velasquez's L'Enfant Marie Marguerite in the Louvre prettier than the Mona Lisa. Again, we're back to the Mona Lisa. Oh, fuck. But it's not as pretty as the, the uh, L'Enfant Marie Marguerite. Well, that's just... That sexy, sexy painting. Well, that's just because you can't see what's outside the frame of the Mona Lisa. Uh, we can't talk about the fucking <laughs> AI, quote unquote. Uh, so-called AI expanding paintings that turn the Mona Lisa into a smoke monster. We simply oh. cannot get into that. It's just like, you can see what's beyond it, and it's just more of the same. And you're it's like, just... well, I didn't need to see any of that, did I? Didn't I? I didn't know the Mona Lisa was in Mordor. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute, I could cry. That is, uh, Velasquez's L'Enfant Marie Marguerite. Oh, of course. L'Enfant Terrible. L'Enfant Terrible in the Louvre is much prettier than the Mona Snake Death. It's so cute I could cry. The little girl drawn by the painter Yoshitomo Nara also makes me want to hug and kiss her stupid face. (laughs) 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 Oh, that rules. That's the the best thing he's ever written. Isn't there a Yoshitomo Nara exhibition at the gallery right now? I'm not familiar with Yoshitomo Nara. I I think she... um, Everything I've seen is like literally... It looks like... Okay, so this is not meant to be like, she's a terrible artist. I'm but just uh, fact-checking every... genera, gender of Yoshitomo Nara. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everything that she draws is like, it looks like it was drawn by a five-year-old. He lives and works in Naso Shiobara. There you go. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, so they oh, are so all it like... Is. Yeah. Well, you didn't know about the artist, but you knew about their work. Yeah. So, um... Would you call that a cute face? Well, let's see if we can find this specific uh, painting. Now that we're taking, now that we're going into this level of detail. Not, now that, not now a cute that our face, visual a, medium. Her stupid face. Sorry, her stupid face. Oh man, that is ridiculous. Oh, it doesn't refer to a specific painting. It just says the little girl drawn by her, him. Oh, so okay. I guess it must be that stupid face of this little girl holding two like divining rods, mm, pouting somewhat. It's weird though because it's all, it looks not technically impressive, so I don't know if it is technically impressive. It can be. Yeah, I don't know. These three must have something in common, but I sure can't figure it out. They don't look like anything like each other. Wait, is that it? Yep. Oh fuck. <laughs> other than the cute faces, they can't have anything in common. Mona Lisa, L'Enfant Marie Marguerite, the little girl drawn by Yoshitomo Nara with her stupid face. That sounds like a horror film or like. Some weird anime. The Haruki Murakami book. Yeah, like the little girl drawn by Yoshitomo Nara. And her stupid face. And her stupid face. So stupid. <sighs> How will she overcome her crippling depression? And her stupid face. And her stupid Lest we face. forget. Oh my god. So that's what Araki's been thinking going into the snail episode. This does explain quite a few things, I'm not gonna lie. What, what kind of things, Nick? Well, the fact that this entire episode is snails. Is it though? I mean, more. I don't recall that much about snails in this episode. (laughs) There's a lot about ozone. Yes, and I, I'm gonna level with you. I'm not really sure why. What do you mean? I don't think like what. Spoiler alert! But weather report doesn't destroy the ozone layer and cook the world. Yeah, but like. But I guess he could have snails. The ozone, Liam. It's all connected. It's Florida, man. It is. Mm. We can't deny that. Just another day in sunny Florida. Everyone's turning into snails. <laughs> we do open. 
eventually. After an agonising two seconds of tapping on remotes. Oh, I think it's an agonising two weeks of between episodes. Yeah, also that, I guess. And, of course, the devil's rainbows are here. The demon rainbows? Wait, are they called the devil's rainbows? Yeah. Be consistent in your terminology. They are. They're consistently calling them the devil's rainbows. But don't they call weather forecast like a demon in the last episode? They're too entire. This is me pushing my my anime sunglasses up on my. Your anime sunglasses. My anime glasses. <laughs> my anime glasses. Your up anime on my moon brow. glasses. Yep. Up on my brow, being like, actually, I think you'll find that a demon doesn't have a contractual obligation, whereas a devil does. I simply cannot bring myself to engage in this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> And as we saw last time, Weather Report yells at a man in crutches and pushes him over. And he's all like, get out of my seat, crutch man. And now that scene continues and some doctors come over in scrubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're like, you can't take an injured person's seat. And Weather Report does something horrible to him. Literally, he like picks him up in like a... Like a Darth Vader style. Yeah, like a cold kind of thing. And says, stop fussing. And then makes water come out of every orifice of his body. Oh, the opposite, really. Puts water into every orifice in his body. Well, I guess, well, I guess he puts the water in him and we he just see it He turns him into out. like yeah. a um, waterbed. Yeah. A human waterbed. He just turns everything inside him to water and he just leaks everywhere. Uh, Anasui is understandably perturbed. He's like, you're not even dismantling him. <laughs> you're not... Like, take him apart and putting the and water inside him. He collapses down part. and basically is in a vague chair shape. I didn't notice he was in a vague chair shape. Now the crutch man can sit on him. Oh, yeah. And he, as Weather Report says, now sit all you want, crutch guy. We do not get crutch guy's response. But I'd imagine he's grateful for the new chair. Yeah, it's like, oh, you pushed me out of my seat, but now this kind, young, kind-hearted gentleman has a, has a bold new uh, outlook a on A bold life. new business proposition. Yeah. Nurse chairs. Nurse Available chairs. now. Do you enjoy the feeling of when the guy in the scrubs gives you that sponge bath? Well, now you can have that feeling as you just sit there all day, but like in a more bloated... Because he's moist as well. Yeah. Because he's full of water. Exactly. And he's still leaking. And he's in incredible pain. He's probably dead at this point. But you know what? Weather Report's just going to walk away. And Anasui calls after him, Weather, where do you think you're going? And Weather says, don't weather me. Oh, so I go by weather report now. <laughs> and he leaves. Yeah, it's a bit weird. It's a bit weird. Yep. So something has awoken within him. And a series like, it's like he's got a whole new personality. It's like he's a cool new bad boy. What do you make of cool new bad boy weather report, Nick? So obviously his name was different prior to weather report. Because weather report is the name of his stand. Exactly. Um, he is a bad boy now. Like he's a he's a bad little boy. He's a he's a he's an evil little gentleman. <laughs> uh, but like I don't know what to make of him other than he's just an asshole. He's kind of, he's causing a bit of chaos. This yeah. Episode. So the chaos. Fact that, uh, <laughs> God damn it! We can't escape it. Every time I hear that word, um, I don't know. The fact that Father Pucci is like, oh fuck, is weird. Yeah. Me. Sure. Like, they're not on the same side. They're both assholes out for themselves. So, I don't know. It's, it's just odd. It's just mm. really strange. Mm. Meanwhile, in the hole, um, Versus uses the distra- distraction caused by the rainbows to untie his ankles and start to leg it. Uh, Hermes is going to punch his face off, uh, but her Stan's fist crosses into one of the rainbows. It bubbles uncomfortably. And then we're like, oh no, she bubbles. And it bursts open and a bunch of, like... 
What looked like gacha orbs spill out? <laughs> like Pokeballs, but not Pokemon. Yeah. The gaping rip in her arm soon closes itself, and she's like, what? And then uh, we get... We get Underworld Guy... Versus, that's his yeah. fucking... We get Versus be all like, listen, you got no idea what you uh, get I've, yourself I've got, into. The quote that he's got here, which I quite like, is, your life is in danger, but so is mine. So now they're still enemies, but now they have a common enemy that was once a friend. Yes, I'm warning you. Don't touch those rainbows. Those are weather reports rainbows that Father Pucci sealed up. To which Jolene and Hermes are like, okay, we're still going to fucking destroy you. And then he goes into this whole thing about like, he can even control the ozone layer. That's higher than the sky. And we need that. We need that to live. Yeah. The ozonosphere, Liam. The ozonosphere. Nick, what do you know about the various spheres? Uh, I know that there is an ozonosphere, which has a bunch of ozone in it, because Mm -hmm. it's lighter than certain other air things. Like, I'm sure. I'm I'm getting not a lot. Look, I know there's an ionosphere as well, but I think that's higher up and it's just a bunch of ions that are like, I don't have any friends, and then they just leave the atmosphere. Um, That's about it. Sure. We are not meteorologists. Yep, I know there's a greenhouse effect and that's it. Oh, and Australia got fucked over because um, all the pollution opened up a hole in the atmosphere, uh, which means that we get more UV come down, which means that it's hotter here, even though the pollution was made in, like, Europe and America. And yet we don't seem to be in a hurry to do our fair share. Nah, clean coal, eh? (laughs) (laughs) Gas-driven... Transition. I am a big fan of taking the earth and digging just, it up and emptying it out. Drinking it. I think it would make a great milkshake to put clean coal inside a vanilla milkshake. I reckon that would give it a nice edge. Father Pucci says the rainbows are an automatic stand attack, the weather is a complex phenomenon, and his ability manifests in ways he doesn't realise. He should never have gotten his memory back. So then Father Pucci says, uh, I'll tell you this, to stop the rainbows, you must kill Weather or extract his memory. Can you kill him? If not, then humanity may end before the new moon. And then he says, I won't end though. And then he just walks away and leaves the episode. Which is really weird. Very strange. He's, wa- he's like... Walks away through the underworld. Sorry, the uh, Mr. and Mrs. Christmas tunnel. Yep. Uh, and he's just gone. Yeah. So it's really weird because he's like, humanity is in grave peril. And everything that we do could be the last thing ever within the next 24 hours. But I'll be fine. Not me, though. Well, he's like, he's defined by that, like, unwavering faith that he has. That this is all just trials that is put before him to achieve his ultimate goal. Look, the divine prophecy is already set. Yeah. And that god? Dio. Or maybe Christian god. (laughs) It could be both. Who knows? Um... Yeah, so then Versus is like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. It's quite a fun transition, because Versus is just like sprinting away into the darkness. Mm -hmm. Jolene sends her thread after him, and then abruptly cuts to the thread wrapping around one of those cops from last episode, and they're just in a normal, like, two-metre hole in the hospital. Uh, It's like, because he turned his stand off, but it's like such such an abrupt, like, um... Gotcha. End of imagination sequence thing, almost. Yeah. It's like when the, when the child comes out of his, like, dreamlike state. Yeah, yeah. And the teacher's like, you going okay, Jim? And you see, like, like, the sword in their hand was just, like, a stick. Or... or, like, their pencil that they were drawing a sword onto a piece of paper. Yeah. But then in their backpack, 
the elf that they met along the way pops his head out and is all like, hee hee, comes back under the bag. We're like, oh, it was real. They do exist. Oh my God. He does exist. Uh, M&M's. Um, okay. <laughs> M&M's. The children are all fine. What? You can't just throw the out... Sick, M- the sick children are all fine. Okay. In a few scenes time, they run out into the hospital and are never seen again. <laughs> they run out of the hospital and out of this story. Yep. And presumably immediately turning to snails. Yep. So Jolene and Hermes are like, we got to get out of this hole. And the cops are like, wait a minute, I recognise you from the fugitives list. You're that bloody Jolene character, aren't you? Ain't ya? You're the bloody one from fucking jail, innit? Yes, where you belong. Jail. We're going to put you back in jail, sweetheart. All right, governor. It's us Florida cops. doing the sort of pan-global accents. <laughs> Look, we were talking about uh, cute faces. And where has cute faces? Everywhere. We're going to get... It's true. All people are cute. Yep. The and... JoJo's world promise. And stupid. <laughs> stupid, stupid faces. <laughs> so... Uh, this cop is like, all right, governor, you stop right where you are. And then a rainbow touches him, comes by and penetrates his soft, supple skin. He tastes the rainbow and immediately starts turning into a horrible snail creature called a snail. Um, so Jolene and Hermes are just like, wait, don't touch the rainbow. It's turning him into a snail. Well, first, like where the rainbow touches him, as it did with Hermes, just like a bunch of snails just like explode out of him yeah but then like his full full on body starts to mutate as well it's kind of weird because he drops his arm when his sorry he drops his gun when his arm turns into like a snail hmm. pseudo appendage and they sort of become zombified and don't you know, go anywhere get over here they one lose. of them says <laughs> and throws his hook at them they lose their higher functions they start turning into Junji Ito-esque nightmares yeah it's kind of, um... Real Uzumaki flavor. Is that the spiral one? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's like very like, oh my god, but the snails, their shells are a spiral. And we can't remove, we can't destroy the snails because they're what's holding up the house we live in. <laughs> oh my god. But we can't remove the... <laughs> we can't remove the pillar that's crushing the snail. So the snail died. But his shell kept the pillar holding up. Yeah. So. Look, it was a very high value house. Man, I gotta rewatch. Um, I gotta rewatch. Um, Thus spoke Kashibe Rohan with um, dear sweet Gurchep. Oh, um, Gurchep. Was Gurchep the one that drank the blood, or was he the one that had the blood drank from him? <laughs> that, I mean, if we want to really get into it, it was mm. what you misremember the name of the man who uh, died, and his yeah. wife had to keep drinking the yeah, blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one who had the blood drunk from. Yes. Yes. Okay. Because it turns out he was some sort of yokai. Ah, okay. Right. Did it? Yeah. I thought he was just a guy and then a yokai was all like, <laughs> you've dropped the blood or something. Don't think so. I don't know. And I think there's a new one of those out uh, in terms of manga. <gasps> I should read. Ooh. So anyway, everyone in the hospital is getting touched by these rainbows. And a nurse is walking along like, what do we... They've all got slow voice. <laughs> what do we do? Yep. You, know, you know what slow motion sounds like. Yeah, that's what a snail sounds yeah. like. Yeah. So everyone starts moving like a snail because they're and turning just into snails. Like, there are snails everywhere, but they're in, like, localised mounds initially where mm. presumably people have collapsed into piles of snails. Yeah. Or, like, where the rainbows They've have touched. suffered a total existence failure. <laughs> so, Jolene remembers that weather report once made frogs, but this is on a whole different level. See, the frogs are kind of a natural phenomena in Florida. 
rare, but natural. This, this is like... I, so, I don't know how, how reliable this is, because it's Twitter. Citation needed. Okay. But I read that there's a... Um, Wait, but it was on Twitter? Yes. Well, there's a citation. Delightful bit of um, semantic ambiguity in the uh, Bible. Okay. Uh, you, you know the, uh, the plague of frogs that... Um, Egypt was tormented by as part of the campaign to let my people go. Yes. Well, apparently, the the word the noun used for frogs mm. doesn't necessarily d- differentiate between single and plural, like you know, like sheep. Oh, okay. So there are apparently uh, there is some de- so, some amount of debate, may or may not be well regarded debate about whether or not it was. You know, frogs falling from the sky and overrunning things. Or one big frog just wrecking shit. (laughs) Ah, yes. The frog plague. It came, it ate a shit ton of bricks. We couldn't stop it. We tried stabbing it. The spear was eaten. The sphinx was a robot designed to fight the frog. (laughs) Listen, I know it sounds crazy, but you gotta believe me. What if the frog was an alien enemy? Of the Egyptian gods. What if it heard about the Egyptian gods who were aliens, okay? Undeniable. It came down. It said, hey, I don't like these gods. And thought it would kill it. It's some kind of eldritch god type character, you know? What if this is all based in fact and the people don't want you to know about it? These are the frogs they don't want you to know about. (laughs) This is from jewishanswers.org. What? Okay. I once heard a midrash that said the plague of frogs in Egypt began with one huge frog. Can you tell me exactly how big this frog was? Was it as big as a fully grown person? (laughs) Answer. I looked up the sources about the original frog, and unfortunately none of them give an exact size. I expect the reason is because the size was not important for the lesson this miracle was sent to demonstrate. I once wrote a piece about one lesson we learned from the single frog. I'll paste that below for your interest. Do you like frogs? I used to love frogs. I was fascinated by them. I loved waiting by a creek and watching, searching for one squatting on its powerful hind legs, (laughs) eyes bulging, throat pulsating, unsuspecting. Anticipating a catch, I dreamed Is this actually written down inside? Oh my god, okay. I dreamt of bringing my slimy souvenir home and observing it from up close through the holes of the lid of a Tupperware container. Oh, those were the days. The Egyptians, however, could not share such fond memories of frogs. Moses was commanded by God to go with his brother Aaron to Pharaoh, demanding, let my people go. The Egyptians had already suffered their life source, the Nile, becoming a bloodbath. That was plague number one, but Pharaoh was not so easily moved. So God commanded Moses to warn Pharaoh that if he didn't relent, he'd be facing a plague of masses of frogs swarming from the Nile, blanketing every inch of Egyptian territory. Blah, blah, blah. No, not blah, blah. This man is a wordsmith. Aaron stretched out his arms over the waters of Egypt and the frog arose and covered the land of the Egypt. Did you notice something unusual about that last verse we quoted? Go ahead and read it again. I'll wait. Okay, found it? That's right. It's a very, very where's Wally energy. Can you spot him? Is, is it, is it the, the frog? The word frog is written in the singular, uh, citing various people. There was one frog, and when they would hit it, it would spew out bands and bands of little frogs. Oh, so it's like, um, it's like a boss battle. Exactly. Where, like, this massive, it's like uh, Shin Gajira, where as it moves along, it just radiates that weird There was only one of those, though. Yeah, but the stuff that came off it was like, yeah, that's as much radiation as Godzilla has right now. So maybe, 
we're fucked. Like it just left destruction in its wake. The more they struck it, the more frogs would come out. The more frogs came out, the more they would strike it. This was no Kermit the Frog. (laughs) Yeah, imagine Kermit the Frog. The more Miss Piggy strikes Kermit the Frog. Uh, We don't approve that. (laughs) The more she strikes him, the more of him there are. You just see these little Kermits being like, oh, 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 I'm so so under pressure to make sure the show goes well. He's being green. He's being green. (laughs) We got terrible Kermit impressions. I thought that was pretty good. Well, uh, I'm doing Jordan Peterson. Wait, oh They sound exactly the same. Do they? Famously. Oh. Oh. Now let's ask a question. We will get back to the episode. Mm -hmm. Once the Egyptians saw the more they hit the giant frog, the more it spewed out little frogs, why didn't they just stop hitting the frog? That's a very good question. But that's not how someone acts when they're angry. The angrier we get, the more we hit the frog. Those were my words. (laughs) Just, Just... Just the implication of like, when we get angry, we we, hit the frog. We just keep hitting stuff, you know? You don't think rationally, you just hit it. Well, Nick, this has been one of our most educational segments in some time. Mm. Did you know that back in the day there was a big frog? There was one big frog sent by God. That when you hit it, made littler frogs? That's right. It was a bad It's got an ad phase. An ad phase? Yeah. It's the thing in MMOs and and other video games where when you're fighting a boss, Mm. it's a phase where it summons a bunch of little minions. Ah, I see, I see. The big frog had an ad phase. No, it wouldn't have an ad phase. It's just like a um, a reactionary, I hit it and then a new thing spawns, right? Well, yeah, but that's not good game design. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, I so you represent that hitting by having them, you know, they would they would build up on a side arena, yeah, and then eventually right. the floodgates would open, and you'd have to deal with. It's like Rom the Vacuous Spider. Sure. She had all those other little all micro crabs. Yeah. Or um, like the room of like a thousand priests or whatever it is, where you drop, where you literally you open the doors and just a bunch of priests that are like. Oh, it's like the undead congregation. Or yeah, whatever. that's the one. Yeah, it's like that. Except what did you call it the room of a thousand priests. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. It's like there's just a bunch of priests in there that you're like, all right, that's a millennium of priests. Ooh. Speaking of priests, Father Pucci has left this episode. Um, <laughs> but uh, Jolene touches a snail briefly, and her arm bubbles up, and she's like, oh no. But don't worry, because compared to normal people, quote, stand users may have a tolerance to this kind of phenomenon. I just like that. It's like, oh, you know, we're used to weird shit. We've yeah. built, I've built up an immunity to stupid bullshit. I guess this is so dumb that I'm not affected by <laughs> it all the time. They uh, quickly confer about, do, you know, do they, do they need to go kill weather report or what's going on? They decide that they're going to go find Versus mm-hmm. and they might be able to use his memory unearthing powers to, I don't know, maybe remove the disc from weather report or something. Sure, sure. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, I don't know how they're planning on doing that, but, you know. With Mr. and Mrs. Christmas. Well, Mr. and Mrs. Christmas can't extract the memory out of Weather Report, right? Why not? Well, he can... Don't, get... you, don't forget, Nick, stands are whatever we want them to be. That is if true. weather can turn people into snails, then Mr. and Mrs. Christmas can probably remove a disc. I guess, okay. Meanwhile, Weather Report is still walking down the street and Anna Zui keeps asking him questions that are being ignored. And that's basically what they do for the rest of the episode. Yeah, literally it's like, what are you doing? Where are you going? And he's like, Weather, why aren't you talking to me? Where's Jolene? Is this where we're going, Weather? Weather, can we stop for ice cream? Yes. Yep. That's that bit. That's that bit. Um, Meanwhile, 
we enter the phase of the episode that is versus running around having a meltdown. And he's like, I I could I've, basically I've gotta find. find gotta find the disc and and do I've gotta be better than the priest. That's my job. I'm versus Listen, I'm fast, I'm nimble, I'm live. I can do whatever the fuck I want. I no longer He really just has fully revealed himself as an absolute fuck up yeah. since his like pretty dignified first episode or two yeah. and now it's just like no 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 I need to be the one that goes into this new I world I want order. a good life I need to be the one that deserves heaven and attaining therein he digs up some images of uh, Jolene and Hermes expositing about how someone named Emporio is taking the disc yep. to the Speedwagon Foundation. Note, literally digs up yep. images. Yep. That's his power. That's his power. So he goes. He decides he has to go find Emporio and he figures out that would be someone running in the opposite direction to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, they'd be heading towards the hospital. For reasons unknown. Yeah. Even though that's not... Not how any of this works. <laughs> no. But he doesn't know what Emporio looks like. No. He has no idea. Meanwhile, Jolene and Hermes hatch a cunning scheme to get out of the hospital. There's snails everywhere and they're clinging to a wall. The floor is snails. And they start going, the snails won't stop reproducing. They're asexual, you see. <laughs> yeah, lo- classic bit of Jojo's exposition here. It's from Hermes. Snails are asexual. They pierce each other with love darts. Both snails then give birth to dozens of baby snails. Jolene says, Yare, yare. They have sex with anything that comes their way. I'm a bit jealous. I mean, that's creepy. (laughs) Oh, man. Classic Jolene. Jolene's a very relatable character. (laughs) It's a very sexually open character. It was probably something like Araki being like, well, I mean, it's a female. I could could subvert some norms here. I mean, I feel like, you know, Joseph Joestar would say the same thing. Yes, he absolutely would. <laughs> Just being all like, peep through the hole. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you'd be like, okay, Joseph, calm the fuck down. The wall panel they're on collapses off the wall, presumably under the weight of thousands of snails. And them. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then Hermes is like, hang on, I've got a cunning yeah. plan. So what they do is they put the sticker on the wall to duplicate it. Yep. Jolene throws the original wall out the front door, mm-hmm. and they remove the sticker on the duplicate so that it flies over towards the original, taking them outside without touching any disgusting snails. Ah, like a surfboard. Yeah. On snails. A snail board. Ah, snail board. <laughs> we get some... We get, once again, we return to ozone. So I thought this was going to explain... Like, so, a rainbow's an ozone thing? So, um, whenever rain, like... I know it's the refraction comes. of light, but... Like, why do we keep returning to ozone? So, when rain happens, you know that sweet smell? This is the, this is the closest thing I can think of. <laughs> when, it, when it rains... But isn't ozone, like, the, the smell of, like, when there's just been lightning or... Yeah, because basically when it rains, that sweet smell is meant to be ozone because it's from higher in the atmosphere landing down and then it, you know, comes out um, a bit. But it's also, like, when lightning strikes, it gives enough energy to make ozone from the current oxygen molecules. That's literally the only connection I can think of is that... Ozone happens with weather. That's it. That's you see, ozone is when there's three oxygen molecules, not two. Uh, it's actually oxygen atoms, not oxygen molecules. I'm pushing the anime glasses up real hard right now. Which bonds with a third oxygen molecule. It's not a molecule! <laughs> I don't know, Nick. The uh, subtitles say oh, it straight God, up. Oh, God, I hate it so much. <laughs> Literally, if there's a chemist listening to this right now, at me and Liam and be like, Shut up, both of you. 
Oxygen's an element. It's a fucking compound, you sick cucks. That's a that's a that's a funny joke. It's a funny it's a funny joke about chemistry, cause because okay, so oxygen is an atom, right? An atom is like the building block of molecules, and molecules create compounds, and compounds are like long versions of like molecules that are bonded together because they're still not fully like made together. Ozone happens with lightning and rain. That's the closest I've got. It's all I've got in this entire episode. And what's an electron in superposition? <laughs> so imagine, <laughs> imagine you've got a cloud, right? Like a weather cloud. I could actually explain this. I know. Literally, it's like, it's everywhere. But I don't want you to. And then it's in one spot. That's it. That's all it is. It's, it's, it's in all places, but in no places. Like this joke. The narrator, after explaining ozone to us... For some reason. ...tells us that humans cannot predict irregularities in weather patterns. Mm. We can only analyse past weather patterns. That is true. Collected over decades. Yeah. The best we can do is we predict like a day. Bunches of people turning in, in various stages of turning into snails. Mm -hmm. One guy's taking his shirt off for some reason. He's like, I'm a snail. <laughs> he's gone. He's embraced snail life. <laughs> Entering my snail era, he says on Twitter. He drops his weights on the ground to unveil a buff snail yep. form. One baby cart. Baby cart? Uh, what's the word? The pram? Yeah. You know a baby cart? A fucking baby cart sounds like a dude that's just rolling around something that scoops up babies and is like, this is my baby cart. Yeah, well, a baby cart has tipped over, but it's okay, the baby is nearby, mm. playing with snails. Presumably oh, about no. to turn into one. And meanwhile, everyone around them is like, basically horrifying snail zombie things. Uh, and Versus is like, gotta find this Emporio guy, he's gonna be around here. He runs down the street and is monologuing to himself and doesn't notice Emporio runs straight past him. And he's like, I gotta find this Emporio motherfucker. He's here somewhere. Because he sort of passes like up close to the, like if, the, if this were shot for real, mm. he would be passing up close to the camera. So we only see like the top of his hat passing by. Yep. Yep. And then we cut to Emporio who's like, yep. I've got to find the speed. I've got to do guy. whatever it is I'm doing. Parallel storytelling. Yeah. So he's still looking for the speed wagon guy. He says he's going to be here in like five minutes. Yeah. I would not be entering the snail apocalypse if I were the speed, the speed wagon guy. Well, and, they have And to. he doesn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he can't breach the city limits yeah. or something. Yeah. So, I feel like standard protocol for speed wagon foundation is, hey, if some weird shit is going on... Don't. Just, just don't. We lost enough people to that in the 80s. Mm. So then... Little old Emporio's running away and Versus is like, I literally don't know where this Emporio motherfucker is. I don't know what he looks like. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, I can just dig up the ground. This is that. This is literally that scene from uh, whatever that DC animation is where Lex Luthor takes over the Flash's body. Yeah. And he goes into the bathroom slash, you know, the restroom, if you will. Shut up. And he, <laughs> and he, he goes to have a little rest. Yeah. And then he opens the door. He's like, at last, I can find out who this motherfucking Flash guy is. Takes off his mask and he's like, I have no idea who this is. That's a good bit. Oh, it's so good. So good. And he can't ask anyone because, you know, they used to Couldn't say, hey, names. who am I? Yeah, it's like, so who am I? It's like, you're the Flash. It's like, yeah, but who am I? And like, you're the Flash. At that Lash. point, they just, like, tase him for obvious mind control problems. Yeah, or... yeah it's like, oh, we've seen this trick before. <laughs> okay, so uh, what happens off screen, uh, and then later shown to us on screen, uh, is he digs up 
a memory of Jolene's phone, which mm-hmm. has Emporia in her contacts. Yeah. Where do they get these phones from? They just broke out of prison. Well, uh, she's like dialing the number. Yeah. Or they, they have the number somehow. Yeah. So, um, so he calls Emporio's phone, who then answers it. He's looking for whoever answers their phone. Then he king hits him. And Emporio's like, hello, hello, bam! Down on the ground. One punch can kill, but in this case it doesn't. It merely harmlessly <laughs> incapacitates him. <laughs> Imagine an ad where it's like... <laughs> Just king hitting a ten-year-old kid. Yeah, it's like one punch can kill and then the kid just gets up not in this case because we're a responsible adult and we wouldn't dare harm I've had stage combat training in how to how to incapacitate you know like um, in uh, Bear Grylls comes on screen I've had training alright (laughs) No, you know in like action movies and stuff Mm. where you can just give someone like the the precision blow to the back of the head that knocks them out for five minutes but then leaves them otherwise unharmed well it's like the um the Vulcan nerve pinch as well. Sure. Where you're just like... We, we love the Vulcan nerve pinch. Yeah. You like... What's that? You touch someone on the shoulder, but you... In, in universe, the idea is that you know exactly... In which universe? In Star Trek. Oh, okay. <laughs> in our universe? In what fucking universe? <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, you like... I, I feel like you're assuming some contextual yeah, okay. knowledge there. I didn't So, have. so in, Star, in Star Trek, because they didn't want to like throw punches that often... because for the fact that they did all the time. Yeah, yeah, but I've they seen two episodes of, the, of that show, yeah. and in one of them, William Shatner fought three guys in a supply closet, and he his opening move was his opening move was to throw himself horizontally at all three of them. Yeah, well, it was a genius move. No, but so like in a stealth section, for example, you don't want to go around being like you there, bam. You just want to be like, okay, one and done, right? So the Vulcan nerve pinches. You come up behind someone. You pinch their nerve, which is literally just tapping someone on the oh, shoulder. Oh, it's like an episode of The Simpsons where Homer's a bodyguard and yes. he uses his sleeper hold exactly. on the kids. Exactly. And he's like, hachia, hachia. It's like that, but with real actors. And so you just see, like, you know, Le- Leonard Nimoy show up behind <laughs> a guy. <laughs> on a scale of one to ten. Yeah. To what degree did you almost say Liz Lemon then? <laughs> Look, it's a strong seven, okay? It's a strong seven. We've done a lot of 30 Rock shit posting between yeah. each other recently. So, but like he just, he comes up behind, literally taps him on the shoulder and immediately like, oh. And it's ridiculous, but you're like, okay, sure. No I buy it. Yeah. But that's not what Versus does. Absolutely he not. punches him in the back of the head with his magical powers hard enough that blood goes everywhere. But he's fine. He's harmlessly incapacitated. <laughs> He didn't crack he open did his skull. Dual damage. Yeah. He declared it before he made his attack roll. He, in the upkeep phase, he also unveiled Chaos Orb. Chaos. But it didn't I land. Did, what's this bit you're doing? Uh, Magic the Gathering. Okay. Shit. Yeah. But it didn't land on Emporio, so he was fine. He attacked Emporio's life points directly, <laughs> i.e., he punched him. He put his fist in defense position mm. and then re rolled his uh, dungeon dice monsters. Oh, Dungeon Dice Monsters. I still remember playing that game. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. It's not real. It is real. I have a Game Boy game of Dungeon Dice Monsters. Yeah. It's a real game. They really made it. Uh, I'm going to fact check this. I swear we've talked about this already. Well, we've definitely talked about Yu-Gi-Oh a lot. Yeah. On the Patreon, if nowhere else. But also everywhere else. See? Well, you sure have shown me today, Nick. See, motherfucker. It's a real game they made. Yeah, and I own it somewhere. 
That's the, look, the Game Boy Advance, that's the one! That's the Game Boy Advance game that I own, and I played on my Game Boy Advance. Yu-Gi-Oh! Dungeon S Dice Monsters. And I played it on my SP, and it was a very fun game. Now I really want to go back and find my Game Boy Advance SP, just to play Dungeon Dice, Dungeon Monsters. Dice Monsters. Available now. On all good consoles. It's a fun game. It's really good. Versus is put out. Oh, by the way, everything is green right now, except mm -hmm. for uh, Versus's white jacket, which is purple. It's almost like the ozone. Ah, uh -huh. um, we've got some in the sky. Now, at risk of taking all this color palette stuff too literally for a joke, it's not worth it. Okay. The sky is Mario yellow right now. Oh. <laughs> so what does that say about the actual color schemes of all of our part four friends? <laughs> <laughs> The purple school uniform? White. Jesus. Uh, so, in, in this moment, Emporio is just fucked. He's, he's, he's out of it. The blood coming out of his nose and his mouth. Tears uh, streaming down his face. Versus basically spends the rest of his time in this episode frisking an unconscious boy. Yeah, literally fondling a child. At one point his hands do like paws over his belt as well. Yeah, which is very uncomfortable. Yeah. But it's all in the name of getting the disc, you know? He's all like... Oh, where's the disc? Where's the disc? Oh, I get Wait it. Wait a minute. I can excavate where he put the disc. So the disc was there one like one second and then it was gone the next. Oh. He drags him behind the bushes because he sees yep. uh, the girls coming. Again, he drags a child behind the bushes. And they're like, uh, are you sure he went this way? Yeah. Hey, wasn't Emporio around here? I guess so. And then they see... They only see that like his wrists on the top of his hands, like because his hands are above his head, mm. being dragged behind the bushes. Like, we know, we recognise those wrists anywhere. I recognise those small, soft, supple fingers. They've only touched ghost objects. They have no calluses. <laughs> so they start running towards the bush, but from out the bush comes. No, no, no. Yes, not yet. <gasps> First, a car accident happens. As <laughs> a, a, a snail man having an especially bad day, even for a snail man. Eyes uh, behind the wheel and simply can't control the car. He's got no eyes anymore so mm -hmm. much as he has big... His whole face has basically collapsed into a pile of meat. Yep, he's all gooey and snail-like. Uh, the car hits a big pipe. Uh, the I guess it hits the girls too because they go flying. Well, they jump out of yeah. the way. And they both land in piles of snails. Uh-oh, uh -oh, sealing their fate. So immediately they start feeling the effects of Weather Report snail. -ness. That's right. They both start turning into, into snails. snails. But their, their transformations are a lot more controlled than mm. the side characters. Yeah, they so get shells and shell motifs on their clothing mm. uh, and like bits of their arms and legs like get that sort of snail membrane. We get like a Xena-esque breastplate design oh, on Jolene yeah. for some That's reason. That's a bit, a bit excessive. It's like, okay, there, sure, whatever. <laughs> Uh, and uh, but, they start but, getting gooier and, and gooier slower, the But second. they can still basically move around and do things. Well, they can move at a snail's pace. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I've been sitting on that one for the whole Since episode. you saw it. Since Literally you saw it in the said episode. in the episode. <laughs> yeah. I'm a smart man. But, you know, like unlike the, the normal people, they are not like collapsing into screaming piles of meat. Yeah, not like uh, politicians in Australia. Bam! Fucking destroy! I don't understand. Because politicians will often just just uh, be worthless snails. Okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Jolene sends out her thread, but it's really slow and wet now. <gasps> it just slops onto the ground. Oh no. And she's all like, Emporio, grab the rope. Emporio hears nothing because he's he unconscious. Is unconscious. But possibly concussed. However, surprisingly, we hear a 
10-4 hut. And a Super Bowl team runs out from behind the bushes. <laughs> because it's Florida, so there's the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, versus unearth the memory of a football team. <laughs> and it's all like, you idiots. The <laughs> you should have expected the Super Bowl. Listen, it's Florida. Of course there's going to be a Super Bowl team around here. And yep. you can only move at a snail's pace. <laughs> you don't have a ghost of a chance. <laughs> you can't corporeal your way out of this one. What? Yeah, you heard me. You can't just say words, Nick. That's my whole thing. In the manga, they note that the um, football player is Larry... David? Yeah, Larry David from Seinfeld. No, uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce this name. Uh, Chonka, maybe? I'm sorry, Larry C- Chonka. C-S-O-N-K-A. Larry Sonka? Maybe. Of the Miami Dolphins. <gasps> the Dolphins! Oh. Laces out, Dan. Laces out? Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. The notable uh, yep. spin-off of Knives Out. Okay. Laces out. Sure, if that's what you need. What? Wait, what were you going to do? I just explained what I did. What do you mean you just explained what you did? I said Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Oh, Laces out. Yeah. Mm. Not worth watching. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we're full of greens. Ah, uh, okay, what happens? Jolene's getting dragged along. In the background at one point, we see the football player run up a tree and then hang off it. Um, and versus, like, wait I, a fucking second. Which I second. guess in the memory he would have done with, like... Another player? No, like, um, the, the, the goalpost. Maybe? Possibly? But then he's just hanging off it for a while, like that, that one gr- cartoon gorilla in The Simpsons that gets eaten by a shark. Sure. I, hmm, Okay. He goes, Versus goes, you're too slow to do anything. Bye. You're too far away now. Uh, however, I shouldn't touch these snails, he says. Uh, however, as uh, Versus is like, I'm victorious. I've figured it out. I know exactly what's going on. I have the disc. This is a great day. Who should show up other than little old snail Jolene? Jolene is in a metal pipe, which somehow... She flung across the uh, courtyard and hits Versus in the face. Yep. Which he kind of no-sells to his credit. Even though there's a massive amount of blood from the blow, <laughs> he's pretty much fine. Mm. Jolene, uh, Hermes exposits to us, classic speedwagon manoeuvre, yep. uh, about how because her body was all gooey, she could cram it into the pipe. I mean, she could have done that with her string anyway, but let's not pick threads about it's that. It's all about the goo right now. Yeah. Th- thread out. Goo in. Goo in. Goo, like basically smaller threads. If you try to pick up the goo, it just makes a thread. This is my big brain threading knowledge here. You're going to need to say that properly or it's not going to get picked up in the mic. I don't want them to hear what I just said. Nick said threading the needle. Because the goo goo threads the the needle. (laughs) That's what it does. Jolene comes out. She goes to do a big punch on Versus. But then Versus summons the memory of salt. ocean water evaporating into salt, which blasts Jolene and does it begins to dissolve her snail style. So Jolene is then, like, rebuked, I guess. <laughs> yep, she has been turn undeaded. Yep, she is thrown back, steamy and dying. Why does salt kill slugs? I think it's just a chemical reaction, right? Yeah, but why? The salt kills the slug through osmosis. Which, of course, I remember from Year 12 Human Biology Mm. is diffusion of Uh matter. 
Yeah. Across a differentially permeable membrane. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like it just... It's like the it's salt really kills the slug through osmosis. It draws water from inside the slug and rapidly dehydrates it. Mm. Which is happening to Jolene right now. She's rapidly dehydrating. Rapidly. She's turning into a skeletal form of her once muscular whatever form. Okay. What's actually happening in the anime is that she's melting. Yes. But <laughs> Melting! <laughs> she's turning to sand. Versus... He finds the disc, and then he runs off, but he doesn't realise that Emporio was sprouted a snail shell. What? But he wasn't touched by a snail, but was Jolene he? But Jolene touched him. <gasps> oh my, god. Oh my god. So when he finds the thing, he finds like a tiny backpack in Emporio. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know where this tiny backpack came from. Well, it's, a, it's the memory of a backpack, right? It's a, the it's memory a of a tiny backpack. Yeah, like, like he stores his, his stuff in that backpack. I guess so. Including the disc. He's got the disc and he's running away. He's he's victorious. He's he's outwitted the priest and Jojo. He runs away like 10 metres and then collapses into a snail. Because Hermes, not Hermes, Jolene touched Emporio. And Emporio, by proxy of Versus touching him, he yep. touched Versus. The, tra- the uh, transformation is much faster and more intense on Versus. Because he doesn't have to maintain main character... Uh, Visual recogni- recognizability. Yep. Uh, so then everything just kind of worked out. Yeah. Which is fine. Kind of. Jolene um, hotwires a car with her thread. Yep. Hermes is like, nicely done, carjacker. And Jolene's like, hey, I never actually stole that car. <laughs> uh, Emporio's like, all right, so what do we do with this guy? Isn't he still unconscious? Is he? I think so. Oh. Well, I guess someone's like, all right, so what do we do with this guy? They're going to take him with them, I guess. Hermes opens the car. It's like, hey, why are all these empty snail shells in here? So there's no driver anymore. Even though we clearly saw... Yeah, well, he turned into snails. Yeah, but he's not here. Like, his snailiness is not here. His shell is. Yeah. And a whole bunch of other shells are here. And they're full of gross bugs. That's weird. Why would they be filled with beetles? And and the uh, ceiling of the car is also full of gross bugs. How did they get in the car? Unclear. (laughs) Stands. <laughs> yep. The snails' natural enemies, which feed on them. Hermes. The beetles stick their heads inside the shells and devour the snails. That's why they're called snail eaters. <gasps> those buggers. Oh no, bugs. The word you're looking for is bugs. No, she says those yeah, buggers. Oh, yeah, I get you. <laughs> um, literally, like it's one of those um, like 1950s horror movies. Looks into camera. The natural enemy of the snail oh, is no. the beetle. Soil it green is snails. Imp- uh, weather report is still walking down empty streets, empty apart from Anasui and thousands of snails. Yep. Uh, who is still just just, wa- asking just walking so like questions. five meters behind weather report being like, hey weather, weather, what's going on? And weather report's all like, shut up. <laughs> I can sense him. He's within 20 meters of us. Who? The priest? Oh my god. Weather report, what are you doing though? My sole purpose in life is to settle the score with him. To be continued. What the fuck does that mean? Before we get into our post-recap activities, Nick. Yeah, right. Um, we've got to talk a bit about Dungeon heavy Dungeon. weather. Ah. There's no, no no renewed Jojo Valley commentary for this basically new stand. Uh-huh. But Heavy Weather is the seventh album by Weather Report. <gasps> Released in 1977. Oh my god, how long has Araki been sitting on this one for, given that he started with Weather Report? 
Well, since he started with Weather Report, I suppose. Oh, there you go. It features the alleged jazz standard, <laughs> Birdland, which my partner insisted it was not a jazz standard she's familiar with. And she sings jazz standards. Uh, the opening track was a significant commercial success. The melody's been performed live by the band. Um, blah, blah, blah. And I immediately knew what the melody was, which I was very happy yeah, about. Yeah, Nick knew something. Yeah, I was all like... Dan Oppenheimer said in, in a June 1997 review, sorry, 1977 review for Rolling Stone that he felt the band had moved away from their earlier music, losing a lot of the space melodies and airy feel. Mm. Sorry, space melodies and airy feel. The space melodies. The space melodies, you know. That had set them apart from other jazz rock bands, mm. but gaining a new bassist who, quote, has been instrumental in developing their busier, talkative style. Oh yeah, Jaco. And that while their music previously went up and up only, becoming more ethereal as it went, the new bottom makes all the difference in the world. Oh yeah. That's what I said after my surgery. <laughs> okay. What the fuck? Got that one of those Brazilian butt lifts. Oh man. Those are so so famously, I think it's like Jaco fucking I don't know, Jaco Pastorius. Yep, or that's something. Ex- that's it exactly. Is it? Yep. Oh yeah. So Jaco is like in fucking sane as a bassist. Like, we're talking like the level of, oh, I'll just make a melody. Oh, I wonder if I can make that purely with harmonics on the bass. Like, where you don't actually push down on the string. You just kind of put your finger like this very lightly over it and just play that instead. Okay. And that's insane to do. And he just does it live and you're like, please give me this talent. Please. Cool. Yeah, it's dope. Side one features the tracks Birdland. A jazz standard. A remark you made. Oh. Teen Down. Teen Down? Teen Town. Teen Town. Harlequin. Oh, love her. <laughs> sure, yeah. It's the uh, first uh, DC Cinematic Universe <laughs> album. Side two features Roomba Mama. Oh. Palladium. Mm-hmm. The Juggler. We love it. Batman's rival. <laughs> <laughs> Track three on both. Weird. And Havona. Havona? Havona. I barely know him. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many reasons to hate this joke. <laughs> okay, uh, that is Heavy Weather. So Heavy Weather is actually the album of... Weather Report. Weather Report. Yeah. That's crazy. Ah. It's kind of like how, um, you know, Yoshikage Kira had all those Queen stuff going mm. on. All those Queen stuff. All those Queen all stuff. All those Queen stuff. <sighs> True Crime no. Podcast. Stop. Right, we did it. Hate it. Hate it all. Highlights. Highlights. High lie. My highlight is Father Poochie being like, man, this is a real problem for you guys. Not me though. Bye. <laughs> um oh, what's the problem is all of it is like bonkers. It's all eight out of ten. There's no like real ten out of ten. Wow, it's all as good as Twilight Princess for the GameCube. <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's a good uh yep. Um I want to say my highlight would probably just have to be... um, The friends we made along the way. No, not that. (laughs) Never that. Weather report. Those three sick kids. Versus. (laughs) To to be fair, I think my highlight is just versus basically having a mental breakdown. Yeah. But also all the callbacks. He was so good at keeping... I mean, other than like his like silent rage soliloquies, he Mm. was so good at keeping his cool in previous episodes, but he's just like gone full pathetic. Yeah. It's like he so suddenly was like, okay, now I'm not underground. He's so much more desperate this episode. Yeah. 
It's it's a bit like I, I kind of like it because he also has a lot of callbacks. So he's clearly doing. I mean, intelligent... his power is kind of callback. Yeah, mm, it's like about it. <laughs> <laughs> he he's like actually doing things that aren't completely incompetent. Yeah, while being a completely pathetic. He was beaten, desperate, and he's just like he's got a new gambit. Yeah, and... yeah, and he's just like I have to figure this out. Yeah. Oh, I know. I'll just use my power to figure out what happened. I'll just Ooh. summon a football team. Yeah, it's genius. It's, it's what great. What could possibly go wrong? What's the fastest thing I can think of? Quarterback. Boom. Yeah. Credit where it's due, he did decide he would rather potentially doom the world than get punched a bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd take that <laughs> chance any day. Lowlights. Mm. Mm. My lowlight is just going to be Anasui questioning... Exactly what I was going to say, yep. too. Just questioning weather report the whole time. Like, I get why weather report's not... Saying anything, he's going through a lot mentally right now. But Anasui, like, you're meant to be kind of the the guy that the, helps me understand. Remember, remember when he was like doing this, when he was uh, giving advice to Foo Fighters. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, he's a dangerous criminal. You should know better than this. And now he's just like dumbly following Weather Report around, going like, hey, what's going on? Mm. Mm. Anasui's meant to be a bit more canny. Yeah, Anasui knows how to dismantle people. So, yeah, you know, read into that as you will. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Cool. Hmm. 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 So, we... <laughs> I just drew a gun on Nick. Because <laughs> we were making prolonged eye contact. Yeah, I think we entered the showdown mode yeah. as soon as our eyes squinted <laughs> at each other. Uh, we do have fun here at JoJo's World. Hmm. Uh, so we're, we kind of have a weird sudden shift in who the bad guy is, I guess? Because... Versus has sort of become a bit of a dot. Versus I'm is basically smoky. Not what I was gonna say, and I'm really intrigued to hear you justify that. <laughs> well, like Smokey was just like a no one, right? Okay. Who and then he became the villain? Actually, you know what? No, it's more like Kashibe Rohan. Sure. Right? Where Kashibe Rohan was the villain because he was like this really imposing, he was creepy. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, he's still kind of creepy, but he's just kind of with us now. Yeah. But Versus is like a snail now and he can't do anything. So Is this your call? So formally segueing into the prediction segment. Yeah. Uh, Versus has been at least temporarily incapacitated. Everyone's turning into snails. Mm. Weather report remains at large. He is nearby Father Pucci. Mm. Uh, what will happen next time on George's Bizarre Venture? Season 6, episode... 31. 31. Uh, heavy Weather Part 2. Uh, you were saying. So I reckon Versus is now going to stick around as a... Well, Reluctant as, ally. So, yeah, pretty much. rival. A quote-unquote guy who's here now, as we know. He's going to occupy the Vegeta in the Namek Saga role. Yes. Holy fuck yes. That's a good analogy. Or the um, Speedwagon Part 1 role where it's like, he hit me real hard. I'm around now. <laughs> Uh, but because he's just docile, he can't do anything. So I was like, well, I'm just going to follow you guys because I want to I see heaven. I want to I wanna attain it. I'll follow. And then he might try some last sure, gambit yeah. at the mm-hmm. end, but whatever. Um, so Weather Report and Poochie apparently might be having a showdown. They're within 20 metres of each other. Yeah, but I reckon Father Poochie's going to be like, Weather Report. Give me your memories. Give me your memories. Anasui, you stay out of this. And then Anasui's going to be like, bullshit, okay. I stay out <laughs> oh, of this. Okay. I thought the new passive Anastasia would just be like, okay, I'll sit over here. Maybe maybe he'll he'll catch on to it. it's like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't just... Maybe these guys are a bit out of my league. Yeah. I mean, that dude over there literally turned into a snail and then got eaten by beetles. So maybe I shouldn't do that. Mm. Um, 
But otherwise, Jolene and Hermes... They've got a car, but they are being attacked by bugs. And we know the road's very slimy now because of all those snails. Yeah. Like that guy who tried driving as a snail and he crashed. Slimy road, you know? Yeah, that's what that was. It's not the fact that he couldn't work the wheel. Never. (laughs) Never. Um, I don't know if... Or rather, I don't know how far this extends because the the weird, like, that's how the story goes, that stand. Sure, that was everywhere. That was everywhere. Like, in the entirety of Japan, America, Europe. Everywhere. Australia. It was everywhere. But also, the dude had, like, no control over it. This is, like, kind of the same, I guess? Kind of? But I don't know if it affects everywhere, if it's just the city. Yeah, or if... yeah. So... Maybe Father Pucci would be like, I just have to get to the Kennedy Space Center. Sure. Don't worry about weather report. Or if he's going to go, yeah, I have to stop weather report because if I go to the Kennedy Space Center... Because he's my brother. Oh, yeah. Maybe. But because if I go to the Kennedy Space Center, I'll still turn into a snail. Yeah. That's not part of the plan. Uh, Snails can't attain heaven. God has banished them forever. (laughs) Yeah. They They know what they did. They get to the gates and God's like, I keep telling you motherfuckers. No snails. No slime. Okay. What are you? You're basically just slime. Get out of here. So, um... Too precipitous. If they confront, what will be the nature of their confrontation? So I reckon Father Pucci will just be trying to extract his memories again. Yep. So he won't try to, like, kill him. He'll just try to get his memories out. His beloved brother. Yep. And then Weather Report's memories will be lost again. Oh, okay. And then Anasui might have to be like, Weather Report, Weather Report, what are you doing? He'll be like, who's Weather Report? I'll be like... Do you not remember who you are? We're friends. He's like, are we friends? So for the purposes of the story, it's going to be like he died. um, Yeah, and came back anew again, potentially. But like, would he be neutralised in the story going forward? Or would they just have a fresh Mm. weather report? I reckon maybe it'll be like, he won't have any stand powers, but he'll still have like mental faculty. Like he did before, but just without the stand powers. Okay, so he'll he'll take a stand. He'll just be like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what's going on again. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you think their whole backstory is? Hmm. So, Father Pucci is the brother of Weather Forecast. Weather Report. Weather Report. And we know that Father Pucci was in leagues with Dio. Yep. What if Weather Report knew that he was in leagues with Dio, but was jealous? Okay. So he was like, I want to be the beloved of Dio. I want to be his favourite child. We flash back to all the scenes where, um, yeah, where they've been like talking the... in bed together and weather reports being out the window, like, oh, <laughs> Like the Russell Crowe and Les Mis sort of thing. The Russell Crowe and Les Mis sort of thing. You know when he's looking through the window and he's like... I mean, first of all, I haven't seen that full movie in its entirety. I have seen the stage show. <laughs> oh, it's like there's a bit where he's like looking through a window with his like sad hat on and he's all like... Mm. And he just walks away. Okay. Is Javert? Yes, I think so. Yeah. He's certainly not Jean Valjean. No, 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 no. no, no. He could never no. be Jean Valjean. No, he doesn't have the faculty for it. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I reckon there's going to be something like Weather Report was like, oh, I want to be favoured by Dio. Why do you get to be favoured by Dio? Sure. Why are you the one who gets to attain heaven? I want to attain heaven, but I'm not allowed. I want to attain heaven. Mum says it's my turn to attain heaven. Weather, this is Dio, by the way. Weather Report. Enough. I'm Dio. Shut up. Shut your fucking mouth. You're you a little bitch, son. You're not even in the seminary. Look at my fingers. You think these are fucking non-vampiric fingies? 
Get the fuck out of here, weather <laughs> report. Get out of here. Um, so it's just basic jealousy. Basic jealousy, which means that weather report was functionally, I don't want to say exiled, but more like just cast aside sure. by um, Dio because he's like, I have plans for him, not for you. And weather report was like, I'm going to fuck my brother up. So then he has to pick me. So, that, so then he took his memories. So then he took his memories. Okay. Um, but I mean, maybe he was given a stand by Dio and he was like, you're just going to be a henchman like any of my other henchmen. And he was like, but why does my brother get to be Yeah, a right, right. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah. And how will that... And you said that Pucci will take his memories again. Or maybe Dio saw him as a threat and was all like, actually, you might need to just take his memories. He can reflect too much sunlight with all those rainbows. Ooh. Why do you think that the rainbows are turning people into snails? I reckon there's something to do with the ozone. Um, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I kind of help how we've been talking about ozone so much. Yeah, there might just be something like... Um, I, I genuinely don't remember why all this ozone stuff has been set up. <laughs> well, like, maybe snails love ozone. Who knows? But I, I reckon it's something like the, the stand power is just like, you know, it's some Lion King-esque, whatever the rainbows touch just turns into some shit, you know? Famously, Mufasa said that. <laughs> yeah, whatever the rainbows touch, that's some good shit, son. <laughs> Simba's like, what's good shit? You'll learn when you're older. Mm-hmm. Old snails for the entirety of the savannah. Um, but I, re- I reckon that's it. It's like the rainbows are just concentrated versions of his weird demonic version of his stand power that they sealed away. So he could always do it, but like it was hidden behind the clouds or some shit like that. Sure. I don't know. It might just be that it's a, like, a manifest... This has gone real deep. A manifestation of a subconsciousness which creates chaotic reactions, but because rainbows are chaotic in how they emerge, because they only emerge in certain situations, it's like his subconscious is like, I'm thinking about snails right now. And then they become snail. But what if he was thinking about ozone? Ozone happens. All right. Well, we'll find out all of that and more (laughs) next time on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure... Part 6 Stone Ocean in JoJo's World for the episode entitled Heavy Weather Part 2. But until then, to to be be continued. continued. What a fucked episode. (laughs)